You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. It is Crossover Wednesday, where we hear from the other side, the opponent's side, and preview the upcoming matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, where we hear from the host of the Lockdown Vikings, Lucas Braun, and we get his side of things. Where do the Vikings certainly stand right now as we enter the current point of the NFL season, but also where are they as far as the consistency with that offense and defense? We talk to him, and we get to the other side, the other perspective, the opponent's side, coming up here in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you guys first about our Lockdown Broncos story of the day. And, of course, Tuesday brought a, a, a plethora of optimism as Drew Locke, Bryce Callahan, Return to practice, but that was, of course, not the only bit of news. Demarcus Walker returned to practice. Will Parks returned to practice. And Tim Patrick returned to practice. And Drew Locke and Tim Patrick were the only ones that were designated off of IR that had opened up their 21-day activation window. So both of those guys that were coming off of IR uh, practiced on Tuesday. Chris Harris Jr. spoke with the media on Tuesday. He also uh, was talking a little bit about following Stephon Diggs. And, and even before that, he had mentioned about the familiarity with Gary Kubiak and saying that it helps him a lot as far as maybe even studying some of those wide receivers as such, Stephon Diggs. And he actually said that if Adam Thielen cannot go and uh, if Adam Thielen cannot go, there is I, I I think that there's a distinct possibility that he would be following Stephon Diggs and Justin Simmons, a a avid listener of the program, said we are a couple missed field goals away from being six and three, and I it is something that I I, I believe all of us, uh, at least Bronco fans and and even the players certainly do know they are a couple missed field goals from being six and three, and even being a really good football team. And the fact is, defensively, they are a fantastic football team. They have really transformed the the football team into arguably one of the best defensive teams in the National Football League. They are fourth in uh, second in scoring defense, fourth in total defense. They just have really revamped that entire team and that entire defense, and it is led, of course, by the potential changes that Fangio made on that defensive line, and of course inserting in Alexander Johnson, which we actually talk a little bit about in the crossover episode uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, or at least the potentially what something we do talk about with Brian uh, Lucas Bryan of the Locked On Vikings. So ultimately, it is a fascinating uh, part, uh, certainly to dive into uh, as, as it correlates with the Locked On Vikings and previewing that upcoming matchup. And lastly, the Broncos also made... Two moves where they signed some players to their practice squad. They signed outside linebacker Malik Carney as well as safety Tyvis Powell. My guess is initially the the important thing is probably the impact that could potentially be made on the special teams 
and where the, the when where ultimately the Broncos certainly feel they're willing to go and and feel comfortable with uh, as far as the depth on that particular team and the one thing certainly to maybe even keep a watch on is the fact that they brought in a guy Malik Carney who's an outside linebacker, a guy that Lance Zerline uh, of the NFL Network or a, a, a draft guru, should we say, felt comfortable enough to say and maybe even compare him to Shaquille Barrett. And we had said so often, as far as the Broncos, did they make a mistake letting Shaquille Barrett go? Well, ultimately, it seems to have done rather well with guys like Malik Reed, who also compared favorably to Jeff Holland and maybe a little and much better than Jeff Holland, but more importantly, guys like Shaquille Barrett. So ultimately I think the Broncos is it is it possible they may have found a gem here in Malik Carney. We won't know that answer maybe even until next year or really what the Broncos certainly value in a guy like that and putting him on his practice squad. And of course safety Tyvis Powell I think is very rather intriguing just from the standpoint is you have no idea what the future certainly holds with a guy like, say, a Justin Simmons, but more importantly, also Will Parks as well. Will Parks is also an impending free agent, so my guess is they were certainly looking at all of this situation as maybe some potential situations where maybe even future contracts that aren't exactly future contracts just yet. So those were two additions that were made to the Denver Broncos and their roster. And this has been, ladies and gentlemen, your Locked On Broncos five-minute story of the day. Hey, Bronco fans and Broncos country, before we dive into our crossover Wednesday, I want to tell you guys first about our our sponsors for today's show. And that is, well, it is about Blue Chew. And now this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance the performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're on that one-inch line or that goal-to-goal situation, Blue Chew can help you on the follow-through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the United States, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for you, the listeners of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. The Lockdown Broncos podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code LOCKEDON and just pay $5 shipping. Again, it's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And also, I want to tell you guys first a little bit about DoorDash. Is it a long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at that office? Treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you are sick of the microwaved leftovers of frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code your parents don't pack your lunches anymore but you still need to eat have your favorite restaurants brought to you with doordash brown paper bag not included crushing it at work laser focused on beating the boss level that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat doordash can help you get your next meal from your favorite restaurants so right now doordash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city ordering is easy remember that Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, 
but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might as well find a favorite as well. With door-to-door delivery in 50 states and, and Canada, order from your local go-tos and choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and Chick-fil-A. Now, and also, this is important, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store. So enter the promo code Locked On. And remember, don't forget, that's promo code Locked On for $5 off your final order from DoorDash. Hey, Bronco fans. Now I know that this is the segment where we hear from the crossover Wednesday portion with Lucas Braun. But first, before we get into any of that, I want to tell you guys about a certain deal. And that deal is with Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com backslash locked on and use promo code locked on during the checkout. Again, it is about Away and about $20 off a suitcase. So visit awaytravel.com backslash locked on and use promo code locked on during the checkout. All right, let's get into the crossover Wednesday portion with Lucas Braun. Cameron, how are you doing, man? I am doing great. It uh, it, it certainly was uh, a, a eventful day uh, yesterday as, of course, the, the heralded Disney Plus, you know, dropped. So it was uh, it was a, it was news, a pretty football news. Right. It was, but it was just overall, it was, uh, it was great, you know, overall just as a, a as a Tuesday, but uh, you know, overall we're, we're here We're it's, we're, we're now talking about previewing the, the game against the Minnesota Vikings. It, it's a really exciting to certainly do this with you. Yeah. The, the AFC NFC crossover games are fun. I don't get to talk to you guys all that often. Um, yeah. 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 Beats, uh, you know, maybe doing the, the, the two, uh, the two different crossovers, you know, with the, the divisional opponents. <laughs> yeah, right. You get, you get sick of those guys. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's start a little bit. And, and I just want to learn a little bit about the Broncos, because admittedly, I'm not very well versed in them quite yet. I usually do my research a little later in the week. So help me help kind of point me in the right direction here. And the first question I just got to know what's going on at the quarterback position. Obviously, Joe Flacco is uh, not going to be a part of this one. And so I, I know that there's Drew Locke. There's another kid. Who are these quarterbacks? Who's going to start? What should the Vikings be preparing for? Well, I think first off, it's just been a very frustrating year with the quarterback position because we, uh, the the Broncos, had made that particular trade for Flacco to be that answer to 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 be the placeholder for that position. And interestingly enough, the fit and everything with with Scanzarello and and everything that that has been there just seems to have been off uh, from the start. There's been, you know, times where he's gone through the the proper reads and, and everything and and looked like a, a a veteran quarterback, but then there's times where he's looked maybe like a like a quarterback that maybe he just doesn't he doesn't have it anymore. And and so because of that and and even uh, of course the, the the recent news of the the injury that he had sustained uh, against the Indianapolis Colts it forced the Broncos and, and put them in a precarious situation of putting him on IR and, and enter not Drew Locke, 
uh, but enter uh, Brandon Allen, the move that they had made roughly uh, at the beginning of the season or, or rather uh, at the first start of the season. And he obviously has, has, has won his first game. He brings a lot to the table that something that Flacco really uh, just couldn't do, and that's bring a lot of mobility. And that's something I think with Scangarello and with the offense and really with that Sean McVay and, and, and Shanahan type of style of offense, it really seems like mobility is something that, that has preached so often with that quarterback position. Now, granted, it, it does not necessarily mean that the end-all, beat-all or the answer to it, but it is a huge part of the offense, and in particular with the quarterback position, and he might be the most mobile of all of them. I know that uh, Locke certainly has presented that mobility and maybe a little bit of a better arm and potentially projects more as the future guy. And I don't expect Locke to be active for this game against the Vikings, but uh, they have another guy, uh, Brett Rippon, who they brought, uh, they signed as a uh, college free agent and uh, he'll probably end up backing up Brandon Allen for this. But uh, it's going to be a very, very tough test for Allen to certainly you know, try and uh, maybe see if he can do what he did for an encore or, or even come away with a really uh, a tough game against the Minnesota Vikings in particular with that defense. So, like, with, with Allen, what are the knocks here? Because you seem pretty uh, pessimistic about his ability to, like, move the ball. Is it an accuracy issue? Is it a, a reading the field kind of classic rookie stuff issue? Or is there something else going on? I, I would say it's it's just it's more because it was the first game and they did a lot of things to certainly uh, get him confident. You know, they 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 the really playbook kind of thing. Uh, right. So they, they made sure that they they gave him those short passes or or really wanted to make sure that they they gave him the opportunity to get to the playmakers, the young playmakers that we have on offense. And and so so guys like Corton Sutton, that second year player and, and, and Noah Fant and really using uh, their talents also, but at the same time, really getting him comfortable, you know, those short passes and, and really kind of getting him comfortable. And I thought that, and it, it really helped him build a lot of that confidence going, uh, going forward in the game that they had uh, in the Browns. And who knows, sometimes, you know, you get those, those interesting little wrinkles and in, in, in everything after a bye week you know, you spend so much time. And so maybe there's, there's these opportunities where, we may see the playbook expand a little bit. I, I think that they will probably expand a little bit and probably see a little bit more uh, fun little wrinkles in there. But I, I still am a, a little hesitant with him and 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 with you know him seeing the field, you know, because there was there's a, there's a there's obviously reasons why he had bounced around so often, really. And uh, in the in the NFL, now granted he got his first start against the Browns and was 1-0 as, as a starter, and that means a lot in today's NFL. And so I think that he's just going to have to go out and prove that he can make those proper progressions, make those proper reads, and just continue to get better and continue to really fend off what is a potential future that some of the uh, the Broncos feel is, is that guy in Drew Locke. Because obviously, as we all know, it's a quarterback-driven league, and uh, – especially with a guy that was a second round pick, which is a high pick, but not a high, high pick, you know, fans will end up being uh, clamoring for that particular prize. And, and if, if Allen can't perform, we may have to right, turn. It's eventually time to see what you have in him. Right. Right, right, right. 
so yeah that's that'll be really interesting to see like what other things they bring out for him uh coming off the bye because you know the vikings defensively do a lot to like dissuade uh deep passes and like aggressive passing they play a lot of quarters you know their edge rushers get a lot of pressure and kind of force quarterbacks to like step up and then take a check down and and then they are like content to kind of rally and tackle for six yards it's kind of the way they've been doing they got a little bit too soft on it uh against dallas last week I, i don't know if you watched that game but uh dak kind of found a whole bunch of 12 to 15 yarders on him so they might have to short up a little bit uh but that's it'll be interesting to see how much denver wants to like test them um so i I guess let's flip to the other side of the ball though uh just for the sake of time Uh, denver's defense has kind of experienced a renaissance after they kind of had a, a dry spell there for a while and von miller was having a dry spell and stuff but now you know chris harris and and uh a couple of other like superstars there but i'm not too familiar with like the identity of that off of that defense you know how how do they typically beat you are they uh you know defensive line make your quarterback run around and beat the crap out of your quarterback kind of thing are they like ball hawks uh you know take me through the kind of identity of that defense you know it's interesting because there was a point and in a period during the, the regular season and uh, the the early points of the regular season where they were they were gashed on that defensive line uh, for significant yardage and I think the the wake up call came when they gave up all that yardage and a uh, boatload of yardage to Fournette when they played the the Jaguars and since that point in time they made that adjustment and they put Mike Purcell uh, in in the starting lineup at at the nose tackle and. And they even made a change uh, in part of their front seven as well uh, by putting in Alexander Johnson, uh, the linebacker that was uh, formerly with the Tennessee Titans. And really those two particular moves have really solidified uh, that that front seven and really helped out that secondary. And when you have a guy in particular like, like a Johnson and a guy that has shown tremendous ability to be a, a cover uh, linebacker just by using his instincts and and being able to be around the ball rather effectively, it, it really has helped out that defense. And so he's truly, it seems like he's been that tone setter ever since he's come into the lineup. And and uh, especially with the secondary, I think that it's it's also Vic Fangio's scheme and, and really playing to players' strengths, you know, and and in particular, say, the 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 small trade of a, of getting a guy like a Duke Dawson from the New England Patriots, uh, and then obviously Devonte Harris, a guy that uh, was on the street and a guy that w- was uh, a guy that they uh, signed from the Cincinnati Bengals, players that you really would not have projected as these these studs at cornerback, and really created a renaissance and 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 a terrific defense and secondary from these guys and. I think that the one thing that was probably say the true positive of all of this and with the defense was really that back end and really with those two safeties with, with guys like Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, because both of those guys, I would say is the true tone setters of that team. But when you have multiple guys that are uh, cohesive enough and really can make it a strong defense, it, it can be very, very tough to uh, tough to beat because then you're looking at a defense that's rather strong on, all three levels. And so I think that the the Broncos, you know, really inserting after that game against the Jaguars, guys like Purcell and and especially Alexander Johnson uh, has helped out this team tremendously. So I think that 
at least right now and with where they're at defensively, I, I would say their significant strength uh, is probably that uh, that ability to play linebacker with, with guys like Todd Davis and, and Alexander Johnson, more importantly. Um, so, and you think that that's kind of like short up that, that run defense, because I think that especially like in a home game, that's where Zimmer always wants to go first. Right. And especially, you know, they've got now the Kubiak, Rick Dennison, Brian Periani trio that I'm sure you guys are super familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, so is that what you guys still run on the offensive side of the ball? The, the run scheme, like with, uh, Philip Lindsay, is it still like a zone scheme? over there uh, or have things changed since uh, the coaching staff that has that the Vikings have now poached since all those guys left? You know, I, I think that it's probably an amalgamation of a lot of different things with, especially with Mike Munchak uh, as our offensive line coach. And I think that they will factor in some of the zone blocking, but I think that with, with Munchak and, and everything, they probably want to uh, put in maybe some power, blocking scheme and so i think that interesting uh, uh but i mean I, I i think that you know just that's been the um especially with mike munchak and everything him being so well versed and, and maybe arguably the, the the best offensive line coach in, in the national football league i think has really afforded the broncos to really learn over time and 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 to come together as an offensive line unit and it's still a process. It is still a significant learning learning curve with that offensive line, and and probably still with some of the blocking schemes and everything. But uh, I think that uh, overall, just they're they're probably their bread and butter, and with everything with that Shanahan, it's still probably that zone. So who do I not know about on the Broncos that I should definitely uh, look into, and then we can flip to uh, to some of the Vikings questions. Well, uh, I, I would say that uh, the first one was kind of spoiled a little bit with uh, with Alexander Johnson, uh, uh, that particular guy that was uh, was inserted in the uh, uh, defensive lineup. But I would probably say that uh, if there's probably one guy, maybe one unheralded guy or, or a guy that maybe doesn't get talked a, a little bit about enough, uh, it's a guy that is entering a contract year and uh, a guy that is still – it seems might be flying a little bit under the radar, a guy like a Justin Simmons, you know, a, a guy that is around six foot two, six foot three, a little bit lanky at the safety position, but he has athleticism to jump out of a gym, a guy that uh, in one point in his rookie season or uh, was his rookie season or 2017, he, he actually out jumped and, and high pointed a ball higher than Amari Cooper, which was rather nice. impressive. Which, yeah, which was rather, rather impressive. And so I think that uh, him really kind of coming into his own and really showing that athleticism and instincts at that safety position uh, has really afforded him to kind of vault into maybe that top safety discussion. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he, he is by any stretch because there's a lot of those guys out there. But he's a guy that, of course, in a contract year, has really shown that the Broncos really need to make him a high priority uh, before he even hits the offseason because I think a lot of teams are going to be clamoring for a guy like that, you know, that six foot two, six foot three, that has just that sheer athleticism and just freak ability to to really do a lot of things on a, on a defense. So I, I would really just say that as far as just a guy that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, maybe, or maybe you've, you've known about him and everything, but just – a guy that continues to fly under the radar, really, I would say Simmons. I will definitely uh, look into those guys.
Welcome back, Broncos country, and to the Locked On Broncos podcast, and especially the crossover Wednesday with the Minnesota Vikings and with the host, Lucas Bryan. We were originally talking about the the Minnesota Vikings, or sorry, uh, the the Broncos and previewing the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Now it's, now it's my turn to ask Lucas questions regarding the Minnesota Vikings, and I want to start things off, Lucas, with the quarterback position because it seemed like there has been so much discussion and everything with Kirk Cousins and and there was the the narrative that had been thrown around that he really did not perform well in in primetime games but especially against the game against the Dallas Cowboys it seemed like the offense and everything that they do have with playmakers it seemed like Cousins had a pretty good game, I would say, against the Cowboys. Yeah, it was a pretty big moment for him. This whole season has been kind of a big moment of him kind of crushing a bunch of narratives, especially, I mean, there was like this watershed moment after losing to the Bears in week four, and I'm sure you heard about all the Stefan Diggs and is he going to get traded, and he kind of threw this big big fit. And since that fit, they're five and one, and they've rolled up a couple of pretty good teams. Uh, you know, they they snuck out a win on Sunday night football. That's not something that the Vikings typically do. And Kirk Cousins has been good at things that he typically is not good at. He's been protecting the ball. He's been avoiding sacks. He was uh, an abysmal sack avoider in Washington and last year here in Minnesota. And, and getting the ball out of his hands quickly, it's been really, really refreshing. Um, and he's always been an accurate quarterback. Uh, he's also been helped out a lot by being back in a Shanahan style system with the rollouts and the, uh, the, the kind of play action heavy focus in the zone run scheme and stuff. That's what Gary Kubiak has brought and Kevin Stefanski's more than happy to run it. Um, and, and that's really been a help to him as well, but no, he's been, I mean, he's been playing lights out. It's great. One of the playmakers you're talking a little bit about was Stefan Diggs. And I love watching wide receivers run routes. And I think that coming out of college and and, and everything, I, I think that maybe people, uh, well, it happens sometimes a little bit too with, with, with the draft prospects and breaking down prospects. Sometimes, you know, you have no idea whether or not that particular player is going to be the type of player that he is currently right now in the National Football League. What has been the transformation from where Diggs is to coming in as a rookie to where he is now? I think that me being a little bit of a Big Ten fan and, and him coming from Maryland, it's been rather impressive to see where he has come to where he is now. Now, granted, he hit the little bit of a diva spell or the, the little bit of a fit spell. Um, <laughs> he was he had a good point, though. Yes. <laughs> he was open yes. a lot downfield right. and kept getting missed. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, he uh, so he he chose Maryland, which is, you know, the hometown school, of, of course. But Maryland, I think that kind of hurt his draft stock because he was kind of like the entire offense in Maryland at the time. So it was hard to evaluate, you know, is this guy actually good or does he just look really good next to all the crappy Terps? So that kind of messed with his draft stock a little bit. He ends up falling to the fifth round. It didn't take him long. His actual kind of breakout was his first game, which ironically was the last time the Vikings played the Broncos. Uh, in 2015, they went there and Stefan Diggs got his first catch. And I think he put a beautiful route on Aqib Tlaib, which is still one of his career highlights. Uh, and that was kind of the first sign that like, oh, he knows what he's doing. 
And, uh, you know, thing the, the legend just kind of grew from there. A good season in 2016, but he was hurt a little bit. Good season in 2017 and kind of capped that off with the whole miracle thing. Uh, first thousand yard season last year. And now he's kind of carrying the offense with uh, the absence of Adam Thielen, who I personally I don't think is going to play in this one. Um, he's still dealing with a hamstring injury, uh, so it'll be kind of the Stefan Diggs show again. But he runs routes very deceptively. He doesn't win with just raw, like, out-athleting people like you would see from, like, Julio Jones. He's a good athlete. He's not, like, a deficiency or anything, but he's not Julio Jones. And right. he runs with a, a, a strategy a lot. And he, he, he dresses up his routes with a lot of extra moves. And uh, that really he, he's really good at just like luring corners out of position. And then his break is uh, sudden enough where he can just like generate two to three yards of separation out of nowhere. It's it's really a, a treat to watch, especially if he gets manned up, you know, one on one on a deep route or something. Then, you know, it's time to cook. What So one of the players that you did mention was Adam Thielen, and he's another one of those guys that, that I have really appreciated at the wide receiver position, a guy that. We say so often that the slot receiver position may be kind of like the, the new wide receiver, the new found wide receiver and everything in today's uh, NFL. And But Thielen is also a guy that it could end up being a number one wide receiver or maybe even a number two wide receiver just based on the amount of targets and, and everything that certainly he presents at, the, at that particular position. Now, transitioning a little bit, and talking again about both of them and with cousins and really the entire offense, what was it really the digs comments and everything and, and then really even <laughs> coming together as a team or what, what really changed for them to for to just click rather quickly for them to go five and one since those comments. Cause I know that something subtly like that could potentially bring a team together. I think it probably helped to play the Giants and then the Eagles right after that two kind of rough secondaries and it and it, you know, let them get find a rhythm, find some concepts and get comfortable with them in real game situations. You know, if they had to go from that all the way, like directly into playing some elite secondary, like directly into playing the Broncos, it might not have turned out that way. Um, but I, I think the the change, the most change has really just been Kirk Cousins executing concepts better and seeing the field a little bit better and playing a little bit more aggressively and trusting his arm. Kirk can put the ball wherever he wants to. He is an incredibly accurate quarterback. He has good arm strength. Um, and a lot of the issues that he's had throughout his career have been in decision making. And so when he sees deep routes breaking open and with Stefan Diggs, you get that plenty. Uh, he's been a little bit more willing to fire those downfield. Um, and the Vikings have done a really good job of of playing fast. Mike Zimmer's actually praised uh, Kirk Cousins for, like, playing fast. He played fast in Dallas. Um, and just getting the ball out and playing with those kind of rhythm routes, those quick outs and the slants and things that are more timing-based rather than progression and go find, you know, just, just like, run a slant, get seven yards, or, and and you know move on to an easy second and three and then they'll dial up a shot play and we'll see if we can't get something going um but it's been i, I think the biggest difference is that kirk cousins is just playing better they didn't really adjust anything he's just executing the right concepts in the transitioning a little bit to the defensive side of the ball do you have a lot of playmakers uh, especially on that defensive side you know guys like danielle hunter uh, and and I think that he his emergence and and Everson Griffin, it seems like uh, Daniel Hunter. It just it, his transformation has been nothing short of amazing. 
Yeah, well, he came out as like this freakish athlete that just like needed some polish. And Andre Patterson is one of the best defensive line coaches in NFL history. Uh, you know, go all the way back to like John Randall. This dude has uh, developed some Hall of Famers. So now that he's had, you know, four years to groom, he's this superstar. He has this great arsenal of pass rush moves. He just has this incredible length and strength and, and he's just tenacious. Um, he has three different games where he's generated 10 or more pressures it's been pretty intense. Uh, and, and Everson Griffin has been keeping pace with him on the other side, kind of a renaissance for him after a down year in 2018. So the edge rushers have been getting a ton of pressure, and that's been really nice. And they've also been notching a ton of run stops. Um, but the interior has been not necessarily as good at generating pressure. Uh, you have Shamar Stefan. He's more of a run stuffer. Uh, Linval Joseph isn't going to play in this one. Probably uh, Zimmer's being coy about it, but he just had knee arthroscopic knee surgery, so I highly doubt he's out there. Um, so that means that Jaleel Johnson out of Iowa is going to come start, and he's been more of a rotational backup. Um, and then in terms of getting pressured, they've also had a lot of uh, success with blitzing Anthony Barr and also just feigning blitz with Anthony Barr. And then that kind of causes your center to call the wrong protection and screw it up. And and then suddenly, you know, there's an unblocked safety coming off the edge that you didn't even realize was coming because you slid the protection the other way toward Anthony Barr. So there's a lot of different moving parts to the way that Zimmer designs blitzes, but also just having those playmakers. You can't block Anthony Barr with a tight end. You have to put alignment on him. And so the fact that he like dictates your protections that much is something that they can manipulate. So really at the end of the day, and, and we're really looking at this Bronco game in general, what are your matchups to watch really? Yeah. So I, I think that uh, whoever is the best interior pass rusher on the Broncos and maybe you can answer that for me. Right. Versus the interior offensive line of the Vikings. Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline have had super spotty seasons. They've been good run blockers, but they have given up a ton of pressure. Uh, both of them really have. Josh Klein, I believe, is in the concussion protocol. We don't have any information on, on that as of this recording, but it's something to monitor. Um, I think the the TV will be all over like Von Miller versus Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill's having an all-pro caliber season. And, you know, Von Miller's Von Miller, so that is kind of a matchup of studs. Um, and then, and I think, you know, young quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks versus Mike Zimmer is something that, that Zimmer has an unbelievable track record outside of the one weird Josh Allen game last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he is really good against rookies and younger, inexperienced quarterbacks because of the way that he disguises, disguises coverages and all that. Um, and then I really, I'm interested to see how Cortland Sutton does. Xavier Rhodes has not had the season that you would kind of expect from him considering his career to date. He's kind of been having a down year. Uh, Trey Waynes is nursing an ankle. I think that Cortland, this is an opportunity for Cortland Sutton to kind of like lay down a statement, go on the road against a, a reputable defense that's maybe playing, not quite playing up to its potential, but is still very good. And, and, you know, go make something happen with a young quarterback that I think would like if we're looking at, you know, on, on Monday morning going, why'd the Vikings lose? I think that those are your reasons. Yeah. I to even further that with potentially my, my matchups. I, I would just even talk, talk first, probably they got to stop Dalvin cook. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, yeah. yeah I, 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 you know, cause I, I think that, you know, here's a, here's a guy that really missed the majority of the season last year. And, and, and a guy that you want to talk about, even guys like maybe even Christian McCaffrey or Russell Wilson or, you know, all these guys that are in the MVP conversation, Dalvin Cook is not even talked about. 
and he's already probably in the conversation as far as the top three, top four best running backs in the, in the NFL right now. He was so highly touted coming from Florida State. And the fact is, is we're starting to see that now. And, and that I think that that, too, has probably uh, alleviated some of the pressure off of Cousins is in my estimation. So I think that the Broncos, and especially with, with everything that certainly has been a renaissance, I like that word that you, that you used, with where the Broncos were with the, the run defense and everything. They're, yeah, they're, this, is a, this is a test. And is, I mean, you yeah. guys know what kind of run scheme you're going to see. This is the Gary Kubiak, you know, CJ Anderson, Arian Foster, go all the way back to Terrell Davis. This is the same, you know, same masterminds behind all of those guys. And Dalvin Cook is just the latest beneficiary. Um, the scheme's been excellent. Garrett Bradbury is unbelievable at reach blocks, which means that you can manipulate box counts. Um, and, you know, the, the box looks better to one side or the other than maybe you think it does just because the center can get involved more than you would think. Uh, and it's really hard to stay in your gaps against the way that this offensive line is blocking. And then, of course, Dalvin Cook is just a mastermind at not only avoiding tackles, but like stripping you of a good tackle opportunity. It's, his feet are, are lightning quick and he can angle himself in a way that just he'll never give you a good opportunity to tackle. It's always going to be awkward to tackle Dalvin Cook. And so practicing those fundamentals and stuff is something that the Broncos should probably be emphasizing uh, otherwise, you're going to see him kind of run all over like he did against Dallas last week. Yeah, we don't want to, at least for the Broncos' sake, we don't want maybe another 200-yard uh, nightmare <laughs> that they yeah. saw against, the, against Leonard Fournette. So uh, I think the spread right now is uh, Vikings by 10.5. So what's your prediction? Ooh, uh, I, I personally think that the environment and everything uh, – that is certainly there at, at Minnesota. I think it is just uh, it's going to be a really tall task uh, for say that Broncos offense to certainly make it and really do it for a particular full game. And it, I think all eyes are going to end up being on Allen and, and certainly what he could potentially do for an encore. So I, 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 I personally believe Minnesota wins the game uh, on Sunday. I think there's a distinct possibility. It will be closer than people think, but I think that that's just more, the true defensive battle that we're going to end up seeing. Cause I, I think that Kirk cousins will probably still have some moments because this is going to be a really tough test for him defensively uh, going up against a pretty darn good defense that has really transformed itself into one of the best in the national uh, national football league. So I think that defensive, it's going to be a true defensive game in my estimation. But I, I think that as far as it, when it comes down to a quarterback play, I, I would have to give the nod to the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think um, like the Vikings are favored by 10, right? Everybody's going to pick the Vikings to win this game. Um, so I think it's more interesting to look at the spread. And, and that is, I think, a good spread. It's it's tough. I definitely am not betting the spread because I'm not confident enough. Right. I think the Vikings can cover this one. Their home field advantage is excellent. Um, and, and I think that uh, what I did bet is the over, over 39 and a half, because the I think the Vikings offense is better than it gets national credit for. And I think the Vikings defense is worse than it gets national credit for. So okay. that means I'm, I'm taking the over when it's 39 and a half. Okay. But I, I think the Vikings, I would pick them to cover if I had to, but I don't have enough confidence in that to actually go on my bookie and bet it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Cameron, thank you so much for hanging out. Hope you enjoy the game. Yeah, you as well, and uh, and hopefully, more importantly, you know everybody comes out of the game healthy, and uh, and that also is a really good game. Absolutely.